Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings, y'all. <laughs> Greetings, and welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am Deacon Jeff. Sitting in said luxurious corner booth. Yes. And uh, Tom, how yes, are you doing? I'm Tom Dorian. I'm great. How are Man, you? I am. I'm, You're obviously all spunky today. I, you know what? I'm excited. I see that. You know, every time <laughs> Advent rolls around. It's kind of cool. It is cool because, you know, a lot of people have forgotten about that beautiful season of Advent. Yes. And what we're looking forward to, what we are anticipating, right. what the, the the advent of this season is. The whole meaning. Yeah. I mean, and, and obviously we're, we're looking forward to Christmas. Right. Uh, because, And we know that because, obviously, since uh, October, they've been playing Christmas songs <laughs> in all the stores. Man, you know, it's pre-Halloween now. It used to be post-Thanksgiving when you started seeing all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. It gets earlier and earlier. Golly. But, you know, it's important for us to spend some time in Advent anticipating absolutely which is what the what that season's all about that right. longing uh that that looking forward to yeah uh, the anticipation of the incarnation right. of christmas right uh god becoming flesh and, and and it's such a beautiful thing and so what we're going to focus on today is what we're looking forward to okay so we're going to talk about the incarnation but a lot of times people will ask a simple question okay when i'm in teaching the rcia class it's easy for me to sit there and tell them what the incarnation is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, you hear the word mystery comes in there. Right. Right. Because we talk about Trinity. We talk all these things. We, and, we, and we put that word mystery in there. It's easy to talk about what Catholics believe about the incarnation. Right. But it's not always easy to answer this simple question, which usually comes every time I do it. RCI is like, well, why? Why is, was there an incarnation? Right. And and that's something you have to really address, and and that's something we can really spend a little time and ponder. Sure. When we're in Advent. Sure. That's what Advent, and we're preparing for that Christmas season, and so the best way to prepare is to maybe to pray, to think about, and anticipate the incarnation and right. what it what it means. Right. Currently for us, but what it meant, and what it will mean as we look forward to, not only the coming of Christ. You know, at Christmas time, but really that second coming, right? That great coming again, right? Uh, when when the end of time gets here, mm-hmm. right? And so this is a good Advent's a great opportunity to ponder the why of the incarnation. So that's what sure. we're going to ponder All here right. in the Catholic Cafe. We right. got, we got our little cups of coffee here, yeah. And so we're gonna we're gonna try to figure out first of all, you know, what is the incarnation, right? Right. We need to talk about the idea. Uh, and understanding that it's not just about this little baby being born in a manger. Right. It's a great story, and it's true. It is true. But what about that baby? What's so special about that baby? Right. And Jesus, the baby, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I, was that a spoiler? Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> the baby is Jesus, the Savior of the world. No. You know, gamers around the world now are all yeah. upset. Oh, he told us. Yes. He told us the you know, that. Um, no, I think you're Captain Obvious. That, very good. Exactly right. So. So Jesus is the reason for the season, right? There you go. Well, so this this baby Jesus is is the answer to God's promise, right? That promise God made way back in Genesis chapter three, yep. Right when he when he says he this is part of his plan, right? That that he is going to um, 
send us a savior. Mm-hmm. And this savior was going to uh, basically beat Satan. Right. You know, and uh, and atone for our sins. Right. Uh, and reconcile us to him for all eternity. Because he knew, he gave us free will, you know, Adam and Eve. He knew that there were going to be problems. Yep. And he had a plan. Always had a plan of salvation. And Jesus was that plan. The incarnation was the implementation, the realization of that plan. Right. For all of us. Right. And so that's what we look forward to in, in that incarnation. That's all great. And how he did it, obviously, uh, he, he brought that plan uh, to fruition. You know, he made it happen when he sent an angel, right? The Annunciation. Right. Angel Gabriel goes to Mary. Yep. Says, guess what? Hello. You know, and she's like, <laughs> sure. You know, I, those are my words, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, don't, I can't see Mary saying it that way. but No. Well, her fiat, her yes. <laughs> I guess. That's exactly right. Her, her, her yes was a resounding yes. Exactly. That, you just uh, it allowed God's plan of salvation. I mean, she she is an active participant exactly. in this in this plan, uh, and then obviously, at that point, you know, the, the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, right, right, and so then within her womb is the Savior, is God, exactly within her womb. What a what a what a beautiful uh, thought that is. Mm-hmm. And then this Son of God, the Word of God, right, and and Jesus was sent to keep God's promise. Right. Of salvation for right. all of us. So that's the incarnation in a nutshell, okay. right? Just in very conversational English. There you go. But let's get to the why part. Okay. Because, you know, I've always, myself, it took time wondering, pondering, you know, why why would he do it this way? Sure. And, and there's some really, there's really, the church would teach there's like four main reasons okay. for the incarnation. And I know... That we might somehow, uh, I don't know if we're above our pay grade here, you know, in deciding these are the four reasons. Right. Some might think, well, wait a second, how you, can you quantify God like that? But I, but I will say that the church, through her tradition, through her teaching, through sacred, sacred scripture, we see that there are four basic, really important aspects to the incarnation right. that benefit us. Right. Right. And and the very first one that, we, that would come to mind is that... That Jesus, that God became man so that it would reconcile us to God because he would have to die for our sins. Right. So to reconcile us to God took a perfect sacrifice. Right. We could never be that sacrifice. Never can accomplish that. Oh, no. There's nothing we can ever do that would be. In fact, our sinfulness, our separation from God could only be reconciled right, by God, by, God, by, right. by that perfect sacrifice. And right. the, only, the only thing that was... That is perfect is God is God exactly right and so that meant that God would have to become man in order for that plan to, to take place for right. for the the, the the incarnation would allow for a perfect sacrifice because right. right. remember the Jews had had this this great history and tradition of sacrifices God revealed it to them right. and they were you know offering all these different sacrifices here and there. Uh, sin offerings and Thanksgiving offerings, uh, all these things, right? Well, then that one offering for the entire world's sin that had been, uh, you know, committed, that was being committed, and that would ever be committed, right? In order for that to be atoned for, it only there's only one possible sacrifice, right? And that is the God Man, Jesus Christ, exactly, right? And so that's that's the that's the main reason. Um, he he is the perfect offering for our sins. Right. Jesus is the perfect offering. There's there's nothing better than that. And only 
only Jesus could restore us to friendship with God. Right. It just it wasn't going to happen any other way. Right. Right. There's no lottery that could be won. There's no nothing. secret handshake. Nothing. Yep. It had it had to be Jesus. So the incarnation is that's that's one big why. Yeah. Right. There's another big why, and that is that that God became man so we would be able to see just the true depth of God's love for us. Right. Now, we have to stop and think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does God, Jesus loves you, you know, God right. loves you, and we hear that, and, and, and we think, <laughs> you know, just that sort of casual kind of, yeah, I love you, man. You know, yeah. hey, love you, brother. You know, right. you hear that, and you kind of think, well, do you really love me? You know, what would it take for, for you, right, to demonstrate your love for another? You know, you might buy them a nice gift. You right. might do something that is sacrificial to you, something right. that you have to give up. I mean, and, and these are things that we do daily, and we express in some way mm-hmm. love, right? Absolutely. But not always like that total love. Right. Right? And the kind of love that God is expressing to us is going to require a demonstration of that love that would be... It's beyond our imagining. We could never do what God did for us. Absolutely. Right? We'd have to die for. I mean, and some people participate in that, right? By becoming martyrs, by giving their life, right, for for another or for just for their faith. Exactly. Right. And so they 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 do that that last final measure they give on behalf of that, and then that way they're participating. But we we see God's love in that. You know. You think about it for a second, and you know a lot of times the way we express love, especially you know, what do we do at Mother's Day? Oh man, flowers and yeah, dinner flowers and, and chocolate, and exactly, and cards right. and you know, and time. well, and, and I'm sure for you people like you like to do the diamonds, right? You do the diamond rings. And <laughs> no, look, the commercials say that. <laughs> you know, the, every kiss begins with K or whatever. You know, and it's like you, it's like well, I. That's how we show love. Right. Well, that's nice love. And it is a nice gesture, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go out and buy your your loved one diamonds or chocolates or or a Hallmark right. card. It's nowhere near though what you're getting ready to talk oh, about. Oh my goodness! You know, you look Doesn't at a crucifix. Come anywhere close? A crucifix blows every Hallmark card, and I like Hallmark cards. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but a, the crucifix it just blows all those Hallmark cards out of the water because it's like it's, it's the ultimate. It is the ultimate. Yeah, it's the real deal. Yeah, and so for that to take place. God had to be on a cross. Right. Right. God had to show he had he had to become man so that he could show us that depth of love. And which leads that's 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 point number two. Right? And then point number three, the the, the a third reason mm-hmm. um, is we would look at the Son of God becoming man just to show us as an example of right. how to be. Right. Think about that for a second. So we see the depth of his love, right, in, in his willingness to die for us. Yep. But it's also nice because that shows us what we're called to do. Right. Right. We're called to be part of that suffering. We're called to be part of that. So Jesus is an example for us. Perfect example. So he's the perfect example of, of total self-gift. Right. And as, as well, he's the perfect example of holiness. Right. See, we can look at Jesus, and he's the consummate teacher. If you think about scriptures, how often he spends time in the scriptures teaching us. Right. They called him rabbi, teacher. Right. Right. And he's always teaching us. And one of the things he teaches us is how to be holy. You're right. 
And so uh, everything from, from prayer, how to pray, but just how to live a holy life. Right. And how many times do you hear that phrase, you know, well, you need to be Christ-like. Right. Right? You, you, you need to be like Jesus. Right. And we're all called to be like Jesus. Sure. And so that incarnation allows us to see that here's a human, mm-hmm. a human being. Now, granted, it's God, fully God. He's fully God and fully man. Correct. And he's like us in all ways. You know, born of a woman, he's he's like us in that he, you know, has a, a human will. Um, he he suffers. He has pain. He has laughter. He is he's like us in all ways except for sin. Right. And he's the perfect example. He's who we can look at and go. You know, I can do this. You know, if Jesus can be tempted, I can be tempted, and and I can survive that temptation. Sure. I can turn away from the devil. Right, and so he's 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 the perfect example of holiness. Right, he's what we aspire to be. Right, and again, if it weren't for the incarnation, we would have some kind of um, I don't know false sense of hope. We we'd never be able to be like God. We'd never be able to say, well, well, you know, I'm never going to be like this spirit being ever. I, I I could never be like that. But by becoming man, it it, it puts us puts. His, our, our being like him within our grasp. Right. I mean, literally. Right? Because we can touch him and feel him. Oh, yeah. When he was walking the earth, people looked at him and they were like, hey, isn't that the carpenter's son? Exactly. You know, uh, and, and they would see him as a man. That's how we first experienced him. Right? In, in, in that regard. So, again, it's something we can pattern after and say, hey, we can do that. Right. I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for giving me that example. So, so we have those first three reasons that that God became man, so that that He would be the perfect sacrifice, that He would reconcile us to God, right, right, for all eternity by dying for our sins, and then God became man to show us just how much He loved us, and then that third reason is God became man to give us a living example, example. of holiness mm-hmm. that we could follow. Sure. And so we now need to move on to that, that fourth reason that the church would teach about the incarnation. But before we do that, here we go, teaser. Before we do that, we're going to take a little break. All righty, uh, and we're going to uh, uh, we're going to hear a great little saint story, Saint Rose of Lima, talking about suffering, uh, which we were just talking about a little bit. Well, you know, God uh, suffering and dying for us on mm-hmm. the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we go there, I want to remind everyone at home we have a great website: www.thecatholiccafe.com. Dot com, And I'd love for you to send me an email. Tell me what you're thinking, what's going on in your life. Um, if you have any questions we want, you need us to answer here on the Catholic Cafe, whatever you need, send me an email, deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so if you want to hear reason number four for the incarnation, we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. Isabel Flores de Oliva was born to a large family in Lima, Peru in 1586. Even as a child, her holiness was apparent. It is said that a servant of the household once saw her face transformed into the likeness of a rose, hence her nickname, Rosa. At her confirmation at age 11, she took the name Rose. St. Rose knew at a very young age that God was calling her. 
Even as a teenager, she devoted herself to prayer and gave up many of the comforts of life in order to unite herself more fully to the suffering of Christ. Having read a biography of St. Catherine of Siena, she began to take her life of self-denial more and more seriously, even to the objections of her parents and friends. She first fasted three times a week, then offered a daily fast. This led her to abstain from meat and perpetuity. When she began to be admired for her beauty and devotion, she cut off her hair. If ever she doubted her path of suffering and self-denial, she was encouraged by visions, revelations, visitations, and comforting voices. She received the Eucharist daily, deriving from the Blessed Sacrament the grace and consolation to carry on. At the age of 20, St. Rose took a vow of virginity and joined the Dominicans. With permission of her order, she moved into a small grotto built in her parents' garden and lived there in a spirit of prayer and penance. While St. Rose spent much time in prayer, she still found time for acts of charity. She sought out the sick, the poor, and the forgotten in her community and brought them to her home to care for them. St. Rose never lost sight of the power and effectiveness of self-denial when it was offered up to God. Her entire life was a testament to the total, self-giving love demonstrated by Jesus' willingness to suffer for our sins. She wrote, Our Lord and Savior lifted up His voice and said with incomparable majesty, Let all men know that grace comes after tribulation. Let them know that without the burden of afflictions, it is impossible to reach the height of grace. Let them know that the gifts of grace increase as the struggles increase. Let men take care not to be stray and be deceived. This is the only true stairway to paradise, and without the cross, they can find no road to climb to heaven. St. Rose of Lima died in 1617 and was the first person born in the Americas to be canonized as a Catholic saint. Her feast day is August 23rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and we're talking about the Incarnation. Why the Incarnation? Yes, we are. Yeah, why? And so we've talked about three reasons why. We did. Right? We, we talked about the fact that God became man to reconcile us, mm-hmm. as only God could do. Right? The perfect sacrifice. Right. Um, God became man so that it would show us the depth the depth of his love, right. just just how much God loved us. Uh, and then also God became man to just to be a, that perfect example of holiness that we, that we can attain holiness and right. show us that, Hey, as a man, I can be holy. Right. Right. Because Jesus was holy and, and lived a holy and devout life. I can do the same thing. There you go. So that leads us to this fourth and really critical reason for the incarnation and this might be a little bit where we might start to separate from some of our separated brothers and sisters in right, christ right, right. Um, some of the protestants might not agree with us on this but uh, as a catholic we teach that one of the primary reasons for the incarnation mm-hmm. was so that as adopted brothers and sisters of jesus mm-hmm. right as adopted children of god right that we would be able to participate in the divine nature, which is it's a quite beautiful concept. Yep. And we read that again in Scripture, participating in, 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 di- in the divine nature. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Does that mean we become divine? No, it doesn't mean that. 
But for a Catholic, when we use that phrase, participating in the divine nature, Mm -hmm. what we think about first and foremost is what? The Eucharist. That's right. We think about Jesus' body and blood. Right. We think about the Eucharist. You you think about that. What what else do we read in in Scripture? It's kind of a difficult thing for us to conceive of attaining. Mm -hmm. And that is where, where we're told to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Right. Jesus allows us, right, through the incarnation... Through his body and blood, mm-hmm. our participation in that, mm-hmm. our reception of that, helps us to attain perfection. Right. Are we perfect? No. We keep falling. Right? But we're made in the image and likeness of God. God is perfect. And so we're always striving for perfection. Right. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's our goal. Big stuff. Jesus helps us to attain that goal through the incarnation. Yeah. Right? If there was no incarnation, there would be no Eucharist. Right. Right? And so there's this this reality of, of experiencing Jesus in that physical way. Right. Right? It's not just solely spiritual. It's body, blood, soul, and divinity. Right. It's all of those things when we receive Eucharist. And that's and that's a quite profound because if you think about it... Um, We've done shows on the Eucharist before, but there's that, you know, that phrase, you are what you eat. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, if you eat junk food, you get kind of... Junky. Yeah. yeah. Right? right? You know, if you if you take in, um, you know, bad things when you're watching television or, or reading books or whatever, you fill your, your mind uh, and your heart with all that garbage, with, with garbage. Garbage in, garbage out. That's exactly right. You know, the, yep. data, the data folks in IT know about it. Yeah. And so God knows about it as well because he's the perfect IT guy. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> he, he designed it all. He's the author of all truth. That's right. And, and, and so we have this, this concept that if we, if we take in Eucharist and we're in that, that state of grace and we're receptive and open to that grace, then we participate in the divine nature. Right. We partake of the divine, which makes us holier. Right. It, it, and it unites us to all of our other, you know, adopted brothers and sisters exactly right. in the body of Christ and unites us with God in a very holy communion, a very special way. But again, only possible because of the incarnation. You're right. So if you look at that, there's four profound reasons for the incarnation. Right. Um, and it's, you know, again, um, th- this idea that God became man, because that's he's the perfect sacrifice. That's the, God's plan to reconcile us to him for all eternity. Right. Was through a man. Right. Yep. And then God became man to show us just how much he loved us. Mm-hmm. Right. And then God became man to give us a living example of what we can be as a holy person. Yeah. And then finally, God became man so that we could partake in the divine nature, so that we could taste the divine, so that we could become more like God to be perfect as our Heavenly Father right. is perfect. Right. So question. Yeah. All right. You started the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm questioning this for all the people out there. You started the show off by talking about Advent. Sure. And then you got off into the carnation. In, excuse me. Incarnation. Sure. So tie all that together. Tie that back into the Advent. So what do we do during Advent? See, as we, as we look... To the incarnation, this is an event. You know, it, 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 we remember it every year. We get, we have Christmas, right? right? We we uh, just like we have our birthdays. We have anniversaries. Uh, we celebrate Martin Luther King Day. We have all these anniversaries and Different dates, milestones, right? And but we do this every year, right? To remind ourselves, and a lot of times in this Advent season, mm-hmm. we skip right to Christmas, right? We skip right to the incarnation. 
without pondering the why. So, in other words, we have yeah. we exchange the gifts, and, and it's we're, over. We're happy, and we and we love Jesus, and we love the, the we love the idea of a God taking on flesh, right? Emmanuel, God with us. We love that concept, but we don't often take the time to ponder, yeah, to prepare. Yeah, it's it's one of the reasons why you, you look at the church and you'll suddenly see if you look at your parish, probably there's going to be added. Uh, we have it in our parish, added times for confession. Right. And a lot of people think, well, wait a second, uh, don't you just do that during Lent? You know, to get ready for the Easter mysteries. It's like, oh no, uh, you also do this during Advent. It's a time to sort of prepare yourself. Right. Prepare yourself for the coming. And really, again, we look. Advent doesn't just mean preparing ourselves for December 25th. Right. Advent means preparing ourselves for the final December 25th when Jesus comes right. for the last time. Exactly. The second time, right? And we're going to experience judgment. We need to prepare ourselves for that. See, that's what Advent is all about, preparation. Right. It's like you're going to have the big Christmas dinner. What do you have to do first? Oh, you got to get it all ready. You got to well, you got to make plans. Right. Right? You got to go and get all the food all and the you got to prepare it. You got to set the table. Yep. You got to make everything just right, then you light the candles and you get everything ready and then you have the Christmas dinner. Right. Right? Well, Advent is same, for us same this opportunity to prepare ourselves to to ponder the reasons for the incarnation, yep. not just experience the incarnation, which is a glorious mystery. It's beautiful, and we celebrate it absolutely. Yeah. But to ponder the reasons for the incarnation is one of the best ways that you can you can prepare yourself for Advent. Yeah. So makes sense for a lot of people that may be a challenge because we live in a very uh, capitalistic world, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and a lot of times we'll get wrapped up in the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeers and and all that kind of stuff. What I would advise people to do is to go and listen to the show we did about uh, all the different Christmas things. The, the have yourself a Catholic little Christmas. Oh yeah, all the symbols. And yeah, and sort of where it comes start from. to see where what that Christmas really means, and so maybe to sort of take back. Some of what has been maybe stolen away. Yeah, commercialized. Well, you know, secularized. Yeah. In the middle of uh, of, of of the commercialization. Yeah. You know, any of these isms and Asians that you hear you <laughs> tend to be bad, right. right? Well, the secularization and commercialization, those are bad things. Yeah. Right. We need to ponder. We need to ponder the incarnation. Why? Yeah. Why did God do this? Yeah. And so we we ponder those four reasons. So. Uh, Let's have, let's have a great advent of pondering. Absolutely. And let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many gifts and blessings you've bestowed upon us. But in a particular way, we thank you for your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, sent to reconcile us to you forever. Help us to see the incarnation as the true gift of salvation you intended for all mankind. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.